0: Jimmy, Jimmy Kurane, Carain, Jimmy Kurane's a nerd. Jimmy Kurane's an improv nerd. Jimmy Kurane's a nerd. Oh Jimmy, Jimmy Kurane, Jimmy Kurane's Carain, a nerd.
1: Hey, you're listening to another episode of Improv Nerd. I'm your host, Jimmy Corain, and we are sponsored by the good people at Hotel Lincoln. The next time you find yourself here in the city of Chicago and you're looking for a cool boutique hotel that's close to everything, including the second city, and it's not only improviser-friendly, it's also pet-friendly as well, check out the Hotel Lincoln. We're also sponsored by Uncle Fun. For almost three decades, Uncle Fun has been a Chicago institution. If you're a kid or a grown-up, you will find an an enormous selection of fun stuff from around the globe because they're looking all the time for cool stuff like vintage toys, novelty items, unique treasures, and cards. If you want to spend a dollar or a hundred dollars, you will always leave with a bigger smile than when you walked in. Uncle Fun, it's at 1338 West Belmont in Chicago. And our guest today is Brett Lyons. He is... Is over at the I.O. Chicago, where he is a teacher, and he's also an improviser. He performs with the legendary improv team, Deep Schwa, and I believe he is now one of the oldest members. He also performs on Monday nights uh, with Armando. Um, We talked to him about a lot of stuff, and I love these kind of interviews because they go, kind of go all over the place, and... Uh, cover a lot of stuff. Uh, we talked about him growing up and having asthma, uh, how he found out his dad was in prison. Uh, we talked about when it was the right time for him to quit his day job and do improv full-time, which is something we haven't discussed on the podcast. And it's something my wife, Lauren, is always like, we need to have more, about, uh, more things about people working their day jobs. Um, also, we talked about, and I could really relate to this, him losing uh, a lot of weight when he went on the boat for Second City, because I was a fat kid. Uh, and I was, uh, in, in my senior year of high school, I, was, I weighed in at 300 and a half pounds. This is according to the scale of Weight Watchers. And I will never forget the first time that I discovered humor as a way of not only getting attention, but being accepted. We were driving, uh, we lived in the suburbs, uh, of the North Shore suburbs of Chicago, which were, they're very wealthy suburbs. Very, if you've seen Risky Business or you've seen John Hughes movies, it's, it's like that, or Ordinary People. I know I'm dating myself, but those are the reference points I have, sad to say. So we were driving into the city, probably to get to go down to Rush Street for underage drinking and i'm in the back seat my brother's driving a, it was a station wagon and we're all crammed in and there's four girls sitting in the back seat with me and i my fat is just rolling over all these girls so i'm feeling shame i'm feeling uncomfortable i'm feeling embarrassed and all of a sudden i don't know what happened i discovered self-deprecating humor and i started all these fat jokes about myself like oh when we turned into a corner and i fell you know i fell towards the door i'm like oh i didn't know i could dent the inside of a car too and they were laughing and and i it was it was almost like the first time i got drunk i mean it was it was that much of a high so cut to i'm 30 34 years old and I've done probably 15, 16 years of improv and my whole persona in improv has been this kind of like deadpan loser low status, self-deprecating uh, just a schlub uh, my show I'm 27, I still live at home was about this guy basically who lived, home, lived was living at his parents at 27 years old and, and living off them so I lost all this weight I, I, I actually did it at Weight Watchers. I lost all of this weight. And in the meantime, I lost my identity. I lost my persona. I lost my who I was on stage. And after about 10 years or so, I'm vague on, on the exact number because I'm kind of in denial, of keeping that weight off, I still don't know who I am. I think you're really going to enjoy this episode. Brett Lyons is not only candid and honest, he's very entertaining. Please enjoy the Brett Lyons episode.
0: Jimmy Corane's a nerd. He's a nerd. Oh, yeah. Jimmy's a nerd. He's a nerd. Oh, yeah. Jimmy's a nerd. He's a nerd. Oh, yeah. A nerd. He's a nerd, oh, yeah. Jimmy's a nerd. He's a
1: nerd. Thank you so much for Thanks doing this. Thanks for having this. me, Jimmy. I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, okay, this is this is Rungit's running order. Okay, okay.
2: <laughs> That's a, we could, I mean, it was a pretty good set. We could just yeah, we could go. The yes. Um, so you grew up in Blue Island. I did grow up. Okay, in Blue and Island. you
1: you told me the story because we have this in common. Both our dads went to jail. That's correct. Okay, but you the, yours was you didn't find that you were like twelve or fourteen when this happened.
2: Uh, yeah, it was ninety five. I want to say. But tell us a little of that story. because uh, so, it's a great story. Uh, um, so my. Uh, Father uh, went to uh, a jail in uh, um, Portage, Wisconsin, and the jail he went to was a country club uh, jail. So, like, were they sailed, said, like, politicians? Uh, and he was a ticket broker, right? He was a ticket broker, which meant, uh, same thing what it means now, but he was, like, a ticket broker in the heyday of ticket brokerage, which was when the Chicago Bulls were the amazing Chicago Bulls. So they had so
1: Jordan was... and the 3 Pete and all that. Exactly,
2: exactly. So uh, something got worked together with his business partner and it turned out to be illegal. Uh, do you know what it was? Do you know what he did? Uh, I, I do, I, it was something along the lines of someone from a big corporation was like, hey, I have a huge corporation. They give me money to just do whatever I want to entertain clients. Why don't you charge me ten thousand dollars for these tickets when I know they're only worth two thousand dollars, and then we'll split the profits some, okay. something along those lines. Okay. I don't think I don't think it, I don't think it's extortion, but I don't know the actual definition of extortion. Um, so that happened, and uh, they got found out, and both of them uh, went there. Um, <laughs> Uh, The both uh, the business partner and him. It was it was one of the things of he ended up being an accessory or whatever because it was his partner that won in on it, but they both owned the business, so they both got.
1: So tell me how you find out, Daddy. So in 1990, uh, yeah,
2: so 1994, the Olympics were in uh, Nagano, Japan, and in 1992, my father. Uh, went to Barcelona, Spain for the 1992 Summer Olympics to cover the Olympics and sell tickets. So I was told in 1994 that my father went to the Winter Olympics. um, (laughs) And would be gone for um, a couple months. Um, I think at the time when they said a couple months that was a way to stretch it out so they didn't tell us. So um, at the time I believe I was, I think I was 12 at the time and so i was uh watching uh tv and my he would call all the time and we would ask him questions about japan and he would uh say things were great uh, which i remember now is now you're blushing as you tell
1: the story uh, what's coming up for you
2: what's coming up for me yeah what do you mean like
1: are you embarrassed about this oh, i'm not embarrassed okay. at all Okay. Uh,
2: so uh i'm watching television one day and it says on the news that there was a earthquake in Nagano, Japan. So I go get my mom. I was like, Mom, we got to call Dad and get Dad on the phone. There was an earthquake in Nagano, Japan. And she's like, well, why don't you get your brother and sister and come meet me in the living room? And uh, that's when she then said, actually, your father's not at the Olympics. Your father's in prison. Uh, Which... We all kind of broke down and was like broke down and crying. I think crying. Yeah, okay. I, 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 I don't. I was happy that he wasn't in Japan because there was an earthquake, but I wasn't <laughs> I mean, happy sure that said, he was in prison. She should have started.
1: I got some good news and some bad news. Well, that's
2: well. The the good news actually after the fact was she's like we're actually going to go visit him next week. And we're gonna parlay that with a trip to House on the Rock, which is right by, right where the jail was. Have you ever been to House on the Rock? It's amazing. Um, I want so, to know how the jail was. I don't care about House on the Rock. Actually, you should. Like House okay. on the Rock was better than okay. the prison. Okay. Uh, it was an eccentric millionaire who built okay. his house. What the was North. it
1: like when you went to see, went to go see your dad?
2: Um, I mean, it on the outside, it doesn't look like a prison. It looks like like a senior citizen home which is also i guess a prison uh for older people um but right down the hill is like the maximum security prison with barbed wire and guarded towers so they kind of give you this nice prison here and if you screw up um you have to go to that bad prison so that's why because like the running track at this prison is outside So if you want to go running, you could just run off if you wanted to.
1: Like my dad when he went, he came back in better shape than he's ever been. A lot of people don't know if you want to lose weight, commit a crime.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, we'll go work on a second city boat. Um, um, Let's talk about that for well, just a yeah. second. Yeah. So the prison was the prison was it was a pr- once you got on the inside, it, it was a prison. Mm-hmm. But he was only there for for nine months, and uh, yeah, I wasn't. I I wasn't that torn up or embarrassed or anything like that because I I didn't feel that bad about the crime of what had happened. Like, it wasn't murder. It wasn't anything serious. So I was just kind of like, okay, you were punished. You did it. I'm not disappointed in my father at all because of that.
1: Let's talk about the weight loss you talked about. Mm-hmm. You were joking that go on a Second City boat and you'll lose weight. That's true. When I knew, when I first knew you, you were. What did you say you the, the most you've ever weighed was like three hundred pounds. Right.
2: Yeah. Okay. And you, and then you got on a Second City boat. Got on a Second City boat in uh, two thousand and eight was the first time I went and uh, started touring with them on the boats, and progressively from two thousand and eight till. Two thousand nine, two thousand ten. And you're five six. You're not very uh, tall. I'm very You'd like no, me. I'm not tall at all. Um, and so, so it, the weight shows a lot more in a short person than it would a tall person. Um, so from the course of 08 to the end of 010, I lost one hundred and thirty pounds of like. Uh, oh, no, no, no.
1: What do you mean? No, that's a quite of an accomplishment. Yeah, but I don't. I, it's
2: it's been so long now that like some people don't even. Some, a lot of people I know now have never like I show them photos like on Facebook. Because
1: I remember I think I'd come back to do an Armando or something and, and you were like oh this is Brett Lyons and I didn't even recognize you.
2: I had a good friend of mine Tim Mason who I performed with forever was, on Deep Show. Right
1: and was on Second City Main. It was on
2: the main stage and I ran into him uh, like a month after I got back at uh, PR casting to do an audition. And I was like hey Tim what's going on? I was like going real good. And I was like how's uh, how you know how's your wife how's your kids? And he's like oh real good and he goes wait, are you Brett Lyons? And I said, yeah, Tim, it's me. He goes, oh, I had no idea it was you. Just because, yeah, like, I, if you, anybody friends me on Facebook, you can look at old photos. It's pretty, cra- it's, it's crazy. Like, I, I can't even, I don't remember myself as that anymore because it's been a while, but like, it was it was bad. And the reason I had to lose weight was because I would, I would be dead right now if I didn't.
1: What do you mean by that? Are I you killing
2: him, yourself? I was killing myself with, like, just not being healthy. With food? With, not, I don't even
1: know if it was with food. Well, then how do you, I mean, I, I got up to 300 pounds, and I did it well, all but with food.
2: I, I was steroid, <laughs> I was I was a sickly kid. You had an asthma? I had asthma time. my entire growing up, and I was steroid dependent for 13 years. So, like, that kind of blew me up in a mm-hmm. way of, because you're on steroids. I mean, it's, it's a steroid, like, you know, but it's just a, a good steroid rather than a, yeah whatever unhealthy star. I don't even know one is good one is bad yeah. so but like that was an issue but then I had a job at the time that like I would sit at a desk for you know nine hours a day and then I'd only eat fast food so at a the time there was yes it was bad but like I would still I wasn't like I didn't drink at the time so I wasn't doing anything that bad and then like I tried to, to eat Okay, but the problem was I'd eat at like 10 in the morning and then not eat again until 10 at night and then go right to bed, which is terrible for your metabolism. How
1: does it change your comedy when you lose all that weight? Because you're known as the fat, funny guy. I know Farley was somebody that you kind of emulated. How was that when you lost all that weight?
2: Uh, It's sometimes not as funny to see someone in shape throw themselves around because they can get up from it and they're not sweating uh, through their shirt and it's not as funny. Fat guys... Like, Farley and me, when I was big, it's kind of funnier to watch them hustle around the stage more and, you know, fall through a table or or stuff like that. Like, that's, you know, if a really fat guy does something like Farley would do and fall through a table, that's hilarious. But if a super in shape guy does something and falls through a table, you're like... Oh, all right. Or I hope that guy's okay. Like you don't, you don't, you don't. I think with a fat guy, you're like you know that guy's okay. He's broke that table because he's huge. Why?
1: Why? Why do we find fat? Why do we find fat people fun? Is it? Is it? Is it that we think they're going to die?
2: I don't think it's. I don't. I mean, honestly,
1: if if you if you you really get to it, Do You remember that guy that that crossed? It was the uh, Grand Canyon, Uh and he, he he went on a type. Wire. do I Does anyone remember this guy? It was like a couple of years ago. And all I could think is, like, part of me really wanted to see him fall and die. I mean, part of me really did. And I'm wondering if that's the same thing with a fat person.
2: Uh, I would say no, because there's a big difference between, like, seeing an idiot walk across the Grand Canyon without a chute underneath him and fall and die, because you're kind of like, you kind of want to be like, see, asshole, you shouldn't have done this. But, like, with a fat guy, I don't know. I feel like... I mean, there's a danger to it, but you don't. You're not thinking of that danger at the time. Maybe not, subconsciously. I don't know. I don't okay. know if I'm like if I watch a fat guy on stage, I'm like, oh, this guy's hilarious, but I hope he has a good meal after this. That's not full of trans fats and stuff like that. I'm thinking, oh man, that guy's sweating a lot. Right. Well,
1: Brett, you are healthier than I am. That's for sure. I'm a sick
2: fuck. Okay, um. uh, I mean, I've, I've taken, I've put my but, I put my body through some damage the last 4 years since I started drinking. So, yeah, why
1: you you tell me why did you go to start drinking? Cuz you had never drank before.
2: Yeah. And now I'm sober. Before.
1: I am in reverse. I uh-huh. started when I was in improv and I haven't had a drink in I'm Jesus. I can't even think 20 years or something like that. Why did you
2: didn't start till late? I didn't start till late because at the time I I didn't drink uh, because I didn't need another uh, check in death column when I was fat. Because uh, I already had some other stuff. I already had, I, I mean, I had sleep apnea, I had high blood pressure, I had high cholesterol, I had high triglycerides in my liver. So that was another thing. I didn't want to damage my liver in the state it was in. Uh, so then when I lost all the weight, um women came into the picture of like oh
1: and you were ne- you were never good with the women before i i i totally
2: relate you can't be good with the women at 300 pounds. i you you can't be i still was like really no no <laughs> 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 not, that <laughs> not that I think of that i no yeah no i had like one or two girlfriends when i was heavier but i probably just think they felt sorry for me um did you ever <laughs> sleep with them uh, Did you ever have sex with them? No, never had sex okay. with them. Um, never, and this was a long time ago. That uh, was at like the end of high school going out of – out of uh, like my senior year of high school. And then there was a couple, maybe one or two random people in like a five-year spirit. So you period.
1: lose all this weight and then lose women all come weight. into the pic- picture, especially when you're on the boat, right? Oh, yeah. Uh,
2: <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of tall – five-foot-ten dancers from Australia and England and all these wonderful places where accents are <laughs> intoxicating. Um, and so uh, that happens. And I've always, Jimmy, I've always liked the ladies, but um, <laughs> never it was never a thing. Like I never, you know, you never, as a 300 pound guy, you can't ever think like, oh, I can go approach this person. And, and so did yada you yada.
1: think like, cause I thought I am not a sexual being at 300 pounds. You're just, for me, it was just, I'm just a blob. Yes. Yeah. Okay.
2: That's that's that I mean, that's where I feel like you're you're kinda at. And then so yeah, so then once I, you know, lost a lot of weight, I would be the same way around women as I was before, but now they maybe wanted to come home and sleep with me, where rather just like, oh, this guy's real funny. Well, look how fat he is. But now <laughs> it's like, oh, this guy's real funny. Alright, let's 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 do whatever. So were you let's, getting
1: were you hooking up a lot?
2: On, on the ship? Yes. So that's why you want to go back? No, no, no. no that, <laughs> I mean, that's a great reason because right. it's really good. No, it's. I want to go back because I'm getting paid money to do what I want to do in my life, and mm-hmm. I get to see the world for free. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've been, without that job, I mean, I've been to the Mediterranean, I've been to Hawaii, I've been to Alaska, I've been to every single island in the Caribbean, Bahamas, Bermuda, uh, everywhere. I mean, everywhere that a boat can go, I have went on it. And this upcoming one is kind of Mexico area, and then it ends in Barcelona, and mm-hmm. that's just a free trip for me to Barcelona. And, then and your, your theory
1: up. is like, go on a, on a ship with Second City for a couple months, save money, come back, and then live off that, right? Yeah, and it's
2: hard to do that. I'm doing that right now, and it's... it's
1: How much, how low are you down to?
2: How low am I down to now? Yeah, in your bank account. <laughs> uh, I would like, not, not like to talk about uh, that. You're
1: okay to talk, really? Uh, You're okay to talk about your day going to jail, but...
2: You yeah, know how to about how much is in your checking? Account? I got twenty eight dollars in my checking. Are you account. serious? I am serious. Oh, Woo! but I get unemployment um, for improv, which is funny because it's not really. A, it's a, I'm making things up. <laughs> But the state will still give me unemployment. Okay, because
1: we, you know, a lot of people who listen to the podcast or improvisers Mm -hmm. starting out or they've been around. How do you get unemployment for improv?
2: Um, (laughs) If you have other weirdly small independent jobs in between, somehow it'll work. Well, I had a, I had a regular desk job for eight years. Mm -hmm. I worked, I was the box office treasurer for the Chicago Symphony Orchestra for eight years. So I feel like that paid into a lot of it. And now I'm on whatever they call emergency uh, unemployment. So like you get a little bit as opposed to getting, like the most you can get on unemployment is like $385 a week. Are you getting the most? No. Okay. I'm getting almost the lowest now. Because I don't have a, I mean, but I do have a, like I have like a couple odd jobs I do. And I occasionally will get a commercial or that. And you just basically, if you're starting out, you need to have a job because you're, I mean, I, I did it. I started in 01 and didn't start getting paid until 2008. So that was seven years that you're not going to make money from improv my, or acting.
1: My wife always says that the one thing we lack in, in this podcast is not talking about people having to work day jobs mm-hmm. while they improvise until they make it. Mm-hmm.
2: And I, have, I don't think I've made it in any regards. I, just have, I have one of the four improv jobs that will pay you money. And what are, what are the other three? main stage etc second city so, yeah main stage etc touring company the boats and then teaching would be about it of, of, a, of a livable income you don't get you didn't get
1: paid for being on the herald
2: commission no you don't get paid for being okay. on the herald commission why did you, you don't you get do paid the, for anything okay at, at, tell uh, us a, a little about season. okay
1: the io has this herald commission yes. and they're they're the ones that, the secretive, uh, secretive uh, society. Has, how many people are in the secret society uh
2: at any point like Eight to ten people. Okay,
1: you're the people that are saying if the teams, the Herald team stay or go, basically, right? Correct. So there, it is the most thankless job. And we talked
2: to uh, uh, with Adel. Adel, yeah, yeah. He was on the. Here. He's also my roommate as well. I didn't know that. Yeah, me, Adel, and Jason Chin all live together in the same apartment. What is that like? <laughs> uh, let's continue talking about the Herald Commission. No, no, no. Let's talk about that for. No, a second. I that um, it's it's okay. It's not bad. I love them both very much, but where's it get frustrating? Uh, I'm the only person who cleans. <laughs> okay. My friend Meredith is here, and she laughs because she's been there before and she knows I'm how the only g- Meredith, to how dirty can it get? Oh, it doesn't get that bad. <laughs> she's Fred's being that. Cleaned it big time. I clean. I clean a lot. <laughs> okay. Do you ever say anything to them? Mm, I, I've gotten to the point where it doesn't matter. Have you ever had a discussion? Hey. Um, after, Jason? A, after a week I start sending emails um, <laughs> of like hey those, that pot's been in the sink for a long time maybe you should do it but they, all, but they don't do it sometimes because they know I'll do it because what if you didn't do it then, then I start sending emails Okay. and then it happens they just have to be reminded but I don't understand why you have to be reminded if you cook something when you're done you it, clean it and put it away that's a simple rule of every person should know.
0: <laughs>
1: All right, so so you're on the Herald Commission. Why do it? Because you're not getting paid for it. Mm-hmm. You're getting more, you're getting abuse, I'm sure, from people that you kick off the teams.
2: I, yeah, I, I don't I don't I never really fent, felt a, a lot of abuse. Every once in a while, give me someone did someone give you an evil eye at the bar. Or I wouldn't to, say it. I threat. wouldn't say at the bar. Uh, the team the team I was coaching got cut. And that's always interesting because, you know, people sometimes think, oh, if you're coached by someone who's on the Herald Commission, you're safe because I'm not going to cut my own team. But after a while, you know, it had to happen. And, you know, a lot of times what happens is when people get cut, they'll email the, the Herald Commission of like, hey, why did I get cut, you know, you know, whatever notes. And sometimes we will then send them feedback and then they'll get either offended by the feedback or like, why didn't you tell me this before and I could have changed it. So a lot of times they- Have you ever got nasty responses back? Uh, I don't handle, luckily I don't handle the, those okay. emails. So yeah, basically uh, my job with the Hair Commiss is just to go watch shows, quality control, go watch shows, make sure you know the shows are up to par and then we meet you know once a month and talk about all the shows and talk about how things are meshing and we talk to the coaches and yeah.
1: So let's talk about your team, Deep Schwa. Mm-hmm. How long, like, they're
2: like? they like one of the oldest... We, we are the oldest, uh, we're the longest running uh, Herald team. Which is Iowa. how long? Fifth. Well, this will be six, this will be this year, I think it'll be the 17th. So
1: here's what I, okay, there's been so much turnover. It wasn't mm-hmm. the original people when no you got No one that. from the team now is of original. Memory. How has it been able to maintain its quality?
2: Um, that's a good question. I think... Hmm. I think it's been we all we all. It's it's always been like Sunday nights at eight o'clock, which is kind of a not really a pressure spot. It's not a weekend. It's not a Friday night. It's not a you know Tuesday or Wednesday where other teams are struggling to get that slot. It's a very relaxed Sunday night show, and the people that are on the team. I think we really mesh well together, and we're very. I'd say not. We're kind of selective in the sense of like when, when a couple when people leave, because all of our members have basically just left to LA. To, go on to L.A. Yeah. And some other people have families, and so they can't do it anymore. Um, you know, we kind of monitor our own thing and only bring in usually people that are our friends that we like improvising with. And we also, before every show, we walk outside and we say, what do we want to do tonight? And we make up the form or what we're going to do right before the show. Um, and that kind of keeps it fresh. We're not always doing the regular Herald, but but we also don't rehearse, which would also help and keep us more polished. But I just think, you know, when you have upwards to almost 60 to 70 years of improv experience on one team, it's that's, that's the reason why it's worked. It's worked well.
1: And what is your role on that team?
2: Uh, right now... Me and Jeff Griggs, and I believe Craig Euler would be the senior members on that team, and I've been on that team for seven, eight years, I think seven eight years.
1: and what do you think you do? What do you bring to that team?
2: Um, what do I bring to that team? Um, I have a very good memory um, um, i I feel like I can be a jack of all trades of I can be real physical, I can be real solemn. Um, I can play both statuses, I feel like. I can be at a 10, but the next scene I can be at a 1. And um, I feel like all I want to do is be on the stage, and I will do whatever I can while I'm on the stage with my friend or neighbor or whatever to make sure the scene is good. Um, A lot of times it will turn into bits. I love bits, too, which... (laughs) Hurts and helps sometimes How does it hurt? Um, because then it becomes about that You mm-hmm. start Someone mentions Jurassic Park And now all of a sudden You've done a five minute Jurassic Park scene When the scene was originally about How your wife is leaving you mm-hmm. And that's it, what you really should And how does a on. bit help? How does a bit help? Yeah If a scene's struggling And someone mentions Jurassic Park You can go five minutes On Jurassic Park scene. <laughs> <laughs> So like I don't know it, 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 I, I definitely support bits And I love bits Um, it's just, there's always a time and place for it. Like, I feel like a Saturday night at midnight show is your prime place for just doing bits. Because a crowd at a midnight show is not really there to be like, I'm ready for some super grounded relationship scenes. (laughs) (laughs) The people at that show are already drunk and want to hear you make up a rap song, or they want to hear you reference Paperboy for Nintendo, and they're like, oh man, I remember playing that game. Like, they're not into that. They're not into... Real grounded stuff. Okay, so time.
1: now we're here. It's Sunday night. It's like five, whatever. Five ish. Yeah, five ish. What? What? What's What's appropriate in terms of improv for this time?
2: For, for right now? Right. Uh, right now. What like, we about this to like do. It's like tea time improv. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, no, I feel like it's it's a perfect time for anything. Okay. It's a perfect time for uh, a nice ground scene. It's a perfect time for maybe in that scene, you know, you you have some. Fun times in it It's definitely not This time is No one's Unless you're an alcoholic You know You're probably not drunk By right now Okay Although that's not true Because it's football day So you okay. might have been drinking What's
1: tonight. the window Before people get drunk
2: On Sunday Oh There's got... a very low window On okay. Sunday Okay Because football starts at At noon Okay So you can be drunk by 1230 And I'm okay with that On a Sunday Okay On a Monday through Friday That's too early okay. In the morning Great Because I wake up at 6am And watch English football That's soccer so, yeah, it's soccer. Uh, and then that, that'll roll in for me to regular football. Okay,
1: so we're going to improvise right okay. now. Okay, what would you like to take as a suggestion?
2: Um, I always love a, um, anything. I don't care. I'd rather it be anything. You always love anything? Anything. Okay. I'm always up for anything. A location, anything whatsoever. Okay, so we'll take I'm a location. location. All right, Can we have a location? I'm going to take my sweater off. Take off your sweater of these, and just so you know,
1: lights. it's a cardigan. What is that? Like an uh, Irish? It's from Gap. It's from Gap.
2: I bought this in the Gap in Hawaii um, because if you go to the Gap in Hawaii, the Gap has to abide by all Gap rules so they get all the winter clothing. Even though you don't need it in Hawaii, uh, so they put the winter stuff on this on the rack for a week, and then the next week it's on the sale rack for the rest of the summer. So Great. if you ever need cheap winter stuff, go to Hawaii. Go out to Hawaii. Oh, yeah,
1: <laughs> it's real cheap. Yeah,
2: yeah it's warm in that. And then this is uh, this is J Crew. Um, Do you want to tell us about the pants, really? Uh, these are actually a company called Tennis from Columbia. Okay, what was your highest waist? Uh, Forty four. And what are you now? 32, 33. Wow, depending on the company. It fluctuates. Yes. Okay. Oh, can we have a location? Scottsdale, Arizona.
1: Okay, something that would fit on the stage. Oh. Yeah. That's not that's not her fault. Okay, yeah, that's so my we're fault. still in Scottsdale. Okay, how do you do that? How do you work with that
2: though? Um if you say that, so now we're in Scottsdale, but I would like a specific place in Scottsdale. Okay.
1: Can we have a specific place in Scottsdale? A motel. Okay, we're in a motel. In oh, Scottsdale. great. So you hear motel, what is what's going on in your head?
2: Um Thinking about um, where the motel we are, if we're in the lobby or if we're in the um, room. Okay. And then immediately what our relationship is because that should be known right away if we're in a hotel room together, if we're brothers, lovers, or we're on a business trip together and we're co-workers. Okay.
1: Because immediately I go to the hotel room because it just seems like the easiest and the safest. Mm-hmm. And I don't even think about the relationship. I'm thinking like, okay, we're going to have to discover that. But when you hear that suggestion that, that your mind works that fast? Yeah. yeah. Okay.
2: I mean, it's, it's kind of the thing of like when the first four lines or three lines of a scene, we should know what's going on. Okay. Me and you. Okay. And the audience should have a pretty good idea as to what we are, and then we'll find out everything else together. Great.
1: Well, let's see if, if we can do it. Alright. All right. We
2: got chairs here.
1: Okay. Oh, different chairs? Okay. Oh yeah, different chairs. This is a big production. <laughs> okay. <laughs> next they uh they said that they'll have our room ready in 10 minutes okay
2: i already walked this floor and the ice machine doesn't work so <laughs> if we're going to need ice we're going to go down one floor okay cool,
1: cool. <laughs>
0: it's
2: pretty nice but it's a pretty nice
1: place yeah they yeah. said the room is really great it's going to have a, an ocean view oh yeah that's nice
2: yeah that's nice yeah i mean it's a good thing this hotel's real tall because we're real far away from the ocean <laughs> okay. Well they say
1: there's a there's uh, there's a, one of those telescopes up there and we can we, over the over the there's two buildings over the two buildings we'll be able to see the ocean all right sounds, yeah. good.
2: sounds good oh boy it is warm it is warm yeah it's really nice <laughs> i didn't think arizona would be no. Arizona, but it, no. it, is. it is. Okay, so I got half a tuna, and I got a half a peanut butter and jelly. I'll take PB&J. Okay, great. Because I don't know how you eat... T- I'm, I'm being honest with you. I don't know how you eat tuna. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get it. Like, I don't understand how... Y- the smell is terrible. Oh, how I eat <laughs> how you, it? Like, oh, I do you understand. see, like, I, I was I, with my tuna. No, I understand yeah. how to eat a sandwich. Okay. Because, <laughs> I mean, yeah. I just don't. I you just, were commenting on it. It just seems like a disgusting. It's like mayonnaise and tuna ground. Like uh, I just, I just, I'm actually not okay with the jelly, but I'll eat it. But well, like I don't know how you eat peanut butter and jelly. To be honest with you, I mean, pretty I mean, easily. Because I mean, peanuts.
1: First of all, <laughs> peanuts. They're like a tra- lot of trans fats in that. Mm-hmm. Okay, and a lot of people have allergies sure. with peanuts. And then that jelly. That all it is is processed sugar. It's okay. made in like a
2: globular kind of thing right. <laughs> So you have mayonnaise in there Mayonnaise was something that was good That you just let go bad <laughs> Someone was like, oh I got this milk I'm just going to let it sit out forever Then <laughs> I'm going to put some sugar or something in there So I think you're equally eating as bad of a sandwich Okay, but here's the thing is, At
1: least I get a source of dairy
2: Okay <laughs> I'm gonna say I guess, but
1: technically there
2: was dairy and bread at one point. <laughs> no, that, that is not right. No, I, didn't, that bread, I didn't see the package and what the bread was made of. I got the, knife
1: the right here. You brought, all right. I bought the I got this from the vending machine. Okay. They sell them by The thing I like about Arizona is you can get half sandwiches. You know? They don't got time. They got time for a full sandwich. No, No, no. Okay, here, what it says, uh, it says a whole wheat, ground whole wheat. It says, uh, what is it? Corn, uh, corn syrup. Yeah, that's okay. Riboflavin. Okay, niacin. <laughs> uh, riboflavin. Uh, you're right. Uh, vitamin C and uh, uh,
2: artificial ingredients. There you go. What do you mean? There you go. Artificial there. is probably some sort of dairy. Like, a, <laughs> 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 come on, Max. No. Like a, no, Max. Oh, come on. <laughs> hold on. Hold on. There's a couple. I'm, uh, eat your sandwich. You're Come gonna just my... leave it on the coffee table. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna go look at the little brochure thing. I saw a water park thing. I might want to go to.
1: <laughs> I got an apple juice box
2: and I got a Korean apple juice box. Uh, I'll have the regular, the apple. Okay. They got a Indian reservation casino. Oh, I want to go. Should we? Yeah, let's go. All right. Well, oh, wait, go. no. We got wait. You we know really what? Gotta get our room first. I know, let's but go. I really want to go. I want to go to the Indian casino. I, I want to go. All right. You need to sit down, Max, No, 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 no. I. You
1: know what? Before I got here, I got all quarters. I, 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 got, I, I don't have any cash on me. It's all quarters.
2: All. Cor- you got
1: all quarters. Yes. Touch that's why to the airport. That's what.
2: They're in my suitcase. Oh, okay. I'm not stupid, Max. Well, I don't know, because you were walking like, you were like, dragging your legs earlier, so I don't know if you had cargo pants full of quarters. Come on, Max. I got cargo pants in the suitcase. <laughs> right. what do you, can I ask you a question? Yeah. Why in God's name do you need that many pockets? Is this like a philosophical question? No, it's, it's along the lines of your why you eat tuna fish. I literally, okay, use, Max, Max. I literally use one pocket on my Okay, piece. Max.
1: 'Cause I'm gonna to go to the casino and when I win I just I can put stuff in my pocket. I only wear the cargo pants when I go to the casino. So
2: you're wearing cargo pants to A blend in with the rest of society yes, yes. and B for your stacks of cash you're going to yes. smuggle out of there. Okay, yes. that's Yeah. Fine. That's fine. No, I want to go, go. I want to go We're going to go I think we should go now We can't go now Why can't we go now? Because you might have a gambling problem (laughs) And we have to wait to check in I'm not going to bring my bag with me to the casino
1: You see the thing about you, Max Is you never want to take any risks (laughs) You're, you're square, Max. I'm giving you a, an opportunity to do something you've never done. Go to an Indian casino.
2: And I'm giving you an opportunity to wait 10 minutes and then we'll go. Max. How is it, how is it me not risking waiting for the convenience to put my bag away and maybe wash my hands? I'm not like... Oh, why would you wash your hands, Max? Because I've touched things today. You know what this is?
1: Hand sanitizer. Okay? When an opportunity comes, I'm not going to let my hands, having washed wash my hands, cock-block me from having fun.
2: Jesus. All right, well, I'm sorry. I'm taking a risk.
1: Max, come on, do something. Do something fun. All right. What if I I said, at the Indian Casino, there's two blonde women and they want to have sex with us?
2: I'd say those women are 100% (laughs) prostitutes. So what? So what? No. So what? You carry a bottle of hand sanitizer with you because you freak about your hands and you want to have sex with a prostitute? Yes! That's like having sex with a subway pole. <laughs> Everyone's touched it at one point and there's not enough... Max, you,
1: you know what you are? You are a joy killer. You're a wet blanket. You are no fun. I sense, okay? A bus is going to leave in, 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 in a couple minutes to go to that Indian Casino. We could get on there with all our quarters and we could get laid. When was the last time you got laid? My wife had sex with me a month ago. (laughs) (laughs) My wife had sex with me 24 hours ago. But here's the thing. We have an opportunity to do something we've never done in our lives. We were always the fat kid.
2: So you think now that we've lost all this weight, that luck will just come with us at an Indian casino? (laughs) You think that's what the Indians have been wrong about all this time? Oh, fat white man. I'm going to give him the money now that he's in shape. And the money rain down upon him. I know you're fucking with me, man. Yeah, I am
1: fucking I with you. I know you're fucking with me, but you're right. <laughs> you're absolutely right. This is our turn. This is our chance. We've been waiting all our lives. We've been picked on all our lives, and now we can go to a casino, and we can screw our marriages up. We can lose a lot of money. I want to do that, man. I want to be a fuck-up. Come with me, please! <laughs>
2: Alright, if. You're very passionate about this, and I understand, okay? So I will, we will go, okay? I will check in with the front desk first. Yeah, so Max, no! Sure. No, Max! I have no idea there's a bus coming back this way and a suitable student- oh, oh, Max!
1: What if we have to hitchhike back? What if we we gotta there's no ride back and a coyote? We 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 wrestle a coyote and we when we kill the coyote. I mean there's so many opportunities, but you are limiting yourself.
2: Alright. Alright, let No! No, no, okay. no. No, no, no. Don't. Come here. 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 I'm coming. Listen. First of all, I don't think we could kill a coyote if that came down to that, okay? (laughs) I'm letting you know that. I'm also letting you know that I've become just more responsible with my life, okay? Now that I have longer life to live, I'm more responsible with it, okay? So I don't want to be left out in the middle of the Arizona desert when the Jeepers Creepers guy could come around and kill us, okay?
1: You know what? I liked you better when you were fat. Okay.
2: Yeah.
1: I, I liked you better when you were fat, when you had asthma and you were hooked up on that sleep machine.
2: I liked you much better. Cool. That's great. That, that's, that's 100%. That's, that's super great, okay? Yeah. You know when I liked you? Almost... Little, all the time. (laughs) What'd you think? I enjoyed it. It was an argument the whole time, which I didn't fully enjoy, but I enjoyed it. Really? I think it was a good argument. Okay. It was a good argument... Where even though we said no to each other And I was not going with you mm-hmm. I was still trying to find a way to further the scene And further the action Okay. Whereas I think a lot of times in an argument scene Someone will say Someone will say no But they won't say no and Which is a weird thing to say because you always think yes and um, I didn't Mortally give you agree. Go on I didn't give you an attitude of, of I wasn't stopping it I didn't say no I'm just going to go to bed I don't want to talk to you anymore uh, no, that's a you know that's the stupidest idea I've ever heard. No, I was on board with going okay. to the casino. I just wanted to make sure. Is that we where you think? In. Okay, is that where you think the argument happened? Um, I think the argument was these. The argument was these two guys' life, mm-hmm. in the sense of they've been friends for a long time or business associates, and clearly this is something that happens all the time. Where we go somewhere and you get super amped about something, but I want to be careful with how we approach right. going to said place.
1: Right. Yeah. Didn't we just? Dis- didn't Didn't we discover the characters? Didn't the characters kind of
2: unfold as we were going? Absolutely, 100. Yeah. Okay. Like I mean, we. Yeah, we found out that you probably have a gambling problem. Uh huh. Immedi- I mean, the minute I said casino, you took that right away and was like, "We got like that became your want." Right. Whatever your want was before, if there was one. Before the sandwiches, I mean, immediately jumped on that and you mm-hmm. took that. And that's what then you were infatuated with. Uh, and my want a little bit stayed the same in the sense of I'm comfortable in this hotel. Like I'm probably, I want to, you know, check. My, my want was like get in the room, check in, wash my hands type stuff. So even though yours went crazy, I still tried to stay neutral in, in whatever sense.
1: What do you think we could have done better?
2: Um, I could have been as excited on board to go to the casino with you. Okay. And we could have just went to the casino rather than talk about it. Okay. Um. Hmm. I don't
1: know. Okay.
2: I'm trying to think of, of, an, of another way to approach... Because the only other thing that would have happened is whatever I mentioned there, if I would have been as excited as you to do that, that would have been okay. But I didn't want to then get in a car and drive someplace. Cause okay. I liked where we were on the stage. Mm-hmm. So I didn't want to have to, or I mean, whatever, it's improv, so we could have madly just been in the casino too. <laughs> I was thinking more along the lines of like, oh, I don't want to get on a bus with this guy and go to this casino. Cause then we gotta take the bus in the improv scene. And then we gotta, I was thinking too like not that hard. I was to be like, uh, oh, oh, we're in the casino now, which you can do anytime in any scene whatsoever. Why do we limit ourselves like that? Cause I'm the same way. Um. I, I don't know. Maybe we, we just believe in a weird structure of to get from A to C, you've got to take that car ride because it makes sense. Like, I don't know. I have no idea why. A lot of times, it always happens of, hey, we should go to the aquarium. You know, when you literally can just be in the aquarium. But a lot of times people get in a car and they drive to the aquarium right. because it makes sense. Even though improv is literally... We have no budget, we can do whatever special effects. We sometimes just do what we would do in our daily life because it makes sense.
1: The thing that drives me nuts and, and, is, is sound effects. I cannot stand when people do sound effects and improv.
2: I don't like when people do sound effects for themselves. Explain. Um, if uh, someone uh, has a gun and they go bang, bang. No, you wouldn't do that if you fired a gun. Leave it to the people on the side of the stage if, to add anything. Or um
1: I hate it when it takes over a scene.
2: Yeah. Um Jeff Griggs, who was my first coach ever in improv, said you're never allowed to make a phone call into a scene. If it's important enough to be said, find a way to get on stage and do it. Because all that is is all it is is you make a phone call, it takes away from what's happening there when you can contribute to that. Um but it is the same thing with the sound effect of a lot of times Someone will make a sound effect, and it, you're right, it will take over the scene because either they did it a wrong way, and then that person jumps on it, or, you know, whatever. But I agree with you, of, I'd rather have it app- off stage. I'd rather have someone make the knocking noise for me or do something else. Okay,
1: we're going to take some questions from the audience Okay, for what we just did, or about you. So, uh, great. Right over here. Hey,
2: um,
0: I wonder if, uh, if, if someone gets cut, uh, <coughs> either their team gets cut, <laughs> or that, you know, they get cut, they don't get asked back, do you have any advice for, for people who are in that
2: position? Uh, you know? um, don't be angry. Don't be angry. It's a, it's, it, it sucks. It's a terrible thing because some people are moving to Chicago to make this their dream. Um, if you get cut from I.O. or if you get cut from annoyance or whatever, there's like a 100 other places in the city where you can do something and you can get a way back in. I know tons of people who got cut off their first team and now are in the system and on teams still because we still hold auditions every single year. The worst thing to be like would be like, I'm never going to go to this place again. They wronged me. You know, we're not being maniacal and cutting you for a reason because we don't like you. It's just you might need other time away from it. Also, have a life outside of improv because you have nothing to relate to if all you do is improv seven nights a week. Like you have no stories or no life experiences because what you did last night you can't relate to because you just did an improv show. (laughs) So I would say like if you get cut, use it as a great time. Um, uh, Brandon Ogborn who is on who is on the team I coached he got cut off the schedule and he didn't get angry about it he went and he wrote Tomcat the Tomcat project which has absolutely been blowing up they just got back from New York they're going to L A of like he just took the opportunity to do something else do something else you got time I O will be there until at least July <laughs> until then it's another until it's another I O so I think it's I think it's definitely a thing there's always a way to get back in. Don't give up and just, you know, do other places and I think you'll be okay. Great. We got another question? Right here. Yeah, you talked about um, having a full-time job. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'd like to know what your thoughts are on if you have a full-time job. I have a full-time job and I try okay. to improvise at night. But I feel like because I have a full-time job, I can't get super good at improv. Mm. In, in order to get super good, I'd have to throw my job away. I disagree with that. Um, if you have a job that's flexible and you can do auditions and stuff like that, that's okay. But when I worked full-time, I would only watch the people I worked with or the people I served and use that for character stuff. And you can improvise. I mean, even in, at working, you're improvising with people when you have conversations with them. Like, Because my question is, when are you doing improv Monday through Friday at like 3 o'clock in the afternoon? Like, to me, improv is a weekend or nighttime thing. I took classes Tuesday nights. I performed 10 o'clock or 8 o'clock at night. So you can do what I'm doing, which is not have a job, and I'm at home and I watch HBO and do a lot of that stuff. Um, which I'm just trying, you know, you're just trying to always bring in information. I I, I feel there's I, there's no way to survive in this city or any city, I think, by... Not having a job in the beginning stages of your career. Like, I just don't think I would never have made it if I didn't have that full time job because that allows you to get the money to maybe go to a festival or take another class. Like, it's just so hard. Um, but I think, you know, just keep doing it, and the time will come where you realize, oh, I'm busy more in improv. Maybe I need to scale back my hours. It, should, it will come a time where you do enough where it can cut down. How
1: do you know when to quit? Because you had this great job, you needed to stay there at mm-hmm. the the Civic Opera when you were in the box office because you had insurance. Yeah. When did you know?
2: Because I think that's I got offered the boat and I. It's Second City. I took uh, in two thousand and eight, and it was actually a pay cut. That was the decision of what I wanted. That became that became the thing of I have this job where at the time I started a job when I was twenty, and I left there when I was. 28. So they offer you the boat, and how how many months did they offer you? It was just four month contract. It was just okay. a four month contract. I came back to that job, but then I did another boat right away, and that's when I was like, okay, I'm gonna leave because I feel like I'm gonna do this for a while. But it basically was I had a job that, I had a job that I had full benefits. I had a pension. I was making a thousand dollars a week. It was a union job. So like that's crazy to give up. All those guys who I worked with had worked there for like 25 years. That the job I had was a job that you have from when you get it till you retire. That's what time of job I had in Chicago. Like those union jobs are crazy in Chicago to get one of those things. And it is a thing to be like, okay, do I want to pass on this opportunity and realize this will be the job for my rest of my life or do I want to take a chance at what I really want to do and go do that? And so you've got to make that risk and you've got to go do that. And I did it. And I'm having a great time. I obviously don't have the money or the or the support um, that I have now. But I'm doing what I want to do. And that's what's, that's what's important. You know, you have to have something that you don't want to do until you can really do what you really want to do. And that's, unfortunately, what a job is. Unless, great. And now I have a good job. I
1: yeah. Hey Tom. Uh I had a question. For you. you mentioned earlier when you guys were good at auditions and so, holding like auditing and so forth. Mm-hmm. There's so many talented people in town. How do you really break that down when you guys are auditing
2: like that? It's you're talking about at the IO. Yes. Yes. Yeah, and <laughs> the same thing. We do playground auditions. Uh, mm-hmm. I audit the playground auditions too. It's it's very hard. I mean, because there are a lot of talented people, but the other problem is is with a expanding improv scene because we get. X I mean any, anytime someone gets hired from SNL out of Chicago, we probably get like a 25% increase in students coming in. Because now they're like, oh, this person got hired out of I.O. I can come take classes at I.O. because I, there's a chance I could do this path. You know, so um, that, that doesn't happen with NFL football or being a baseball player. Like that's something you have to, you know, do all throughout life from when you're five to when you become pro. So
1: what do you look for, to answer Tom's question, what do you look for when you, you, you see people?
2: Look for someone who um, is, is, you know, funny, but not like ha-ha funny, that they can contribute in a team environment. They're not out there for themselves. Uh, someone that um, has a good attitude. I mean, right away, you can tell, like, you know, when you come up on stage, you should look like you're excited to play. You shouldn't feel like this is a chore. And I know some people are nervous sometimes. It may look like that. But I think being able to not be the star of the show and still be the person who helps out in the group. Because all in all, the Herald is a group form. It's not an individual. So what if thing. you see somebody
1: who's just a uh, total steamroller, really talented, really funny. You're not going to pick them? they got a great presence, but you know they're not a team player. It's hard.
2: I probably We probably would pass on them. A steamroller is not going to do anything but destroy the group the group dynamic of that team. And we will probably pass on them. Because you can be funny... But I could care less if you're funny by your, If you're funny by yourself, then go do a two-person show with somebody. At I.O., we're looking for, for the Herald team specifically, a group dynamic. You will not help the group if you steamroll. And a lot of times, teams end up with someone who is a steamroller, and they, get taken off, they just get taken off the team. Because they don't, you know, because it's not the thing that we don't like it. It's the team will get together and be like, well, you, you're in every single scene. You're doing this every single time. You're the one... Doing everything—it's like you have to work with us, or or a lot of times steamrollers too will only follow their idea, and they will not give in to someone else trying to do something. Great,
1: another question, right here.
2: Uh, you talked about weight loss and, and, and performing and mm-hmm. different physiques performing different ways. So, and and the, the point where you have, you weighed one your one size and you lost weight. How did that affect your performance, and how did you change? I'm assuming you had to change your performance in your in your stage presence. Yeah, um, when I when I came back, physical stuff wasn't as crazy as it was. But like I felt like before, I could do something mildly physical, and it would get a bigger laugh because I was real heavy. Um, it was just a thing of just you know, just a, I guess just adapting a, a little bit. I feel like my attitude and my the way I speak and the way I play characters is still kind of the same. Um, you just have to... I, I don't know. I, I, maybe I don't go for more physical bits as much as I used to, I would say. But I'm still very physical on stage in uh, playing with Deep Shaw or playing um, Armando or other stuff. Um, I don't know. I don't know if it's necessarily changed. I just know that it won't work the same way it used to. And that's thats what I have to like realize. Not to be angry at the audience that I fell off this chair, it's not as funny that whatever. Not to be like, what the hell, that was a really good pratfall, why didn't you guys laugh? It's was like, oh no, because I'm just a, just a sad regular guy just falling. I'm not a fat, sad regular guy.
1: You say sad, are you really sad? No! Because <laughs> I'm totally sad, and I love sad comedy. Um, well, You said that, but can you explain? I, I don't
2: think, I don't think. What, what's the sadness? Um,
1: If you have sadness.
2: If I have sadness, it's the fear of being alone and the fear of, I don't know, I I don't know, I want a relationship, but when I'm in one, I get nervous and I try to find something else. Like, I'm that person that, like, when something new comes out technology-wise, I have it the next day it comes out. I've had every single Apple uh, product. I've had every single iPhone. Like, and I don't want to treat girlfriends like that. But sometimes it seems that way. Sometimes it seems that way, like, I'll be with someone for three months or four months. And then I'm like, well, when's the new one come out? And I don't want to live that way. And unfortunately, that's what I'm at right now. And I hate it. Like, it's, it's there. And luckily, I don't drink... Uh, because of sadness, I drink to have fun. Uh, but I I don't know when that line might <laughs> that line might go You
1: bring away. this this thing because you have you have alcoholism in your family, right? No,
2: no, no, no. I'm Irish, so it's there's no alcohol. <laughs> well, it's all alcoholism. Okay, great. We don't call but, it when you We don't talk, call it alcoholism. What no. do you call it? Ho- the holidays? We call it Monday through Sunday. <laughs>
1: but the. the the way you talk about drinking is like there's this fear that someday I am going to cross that line and be a drunk like I was a relative or, you know, an uncle
2: that was drunk. I don't, I don't think so. I, I really don't think so. I love singing. I love dancing. And I, I have more fun sometimes doing those two things when um, uh, drinking. And the main reason I started drinking was because I didn't want to be that weird guy in a bar trying to pick up women and be sober. Cause then that guy seems that guy seems like a rapist. That guy seems like I'm gonna I'm gonna sit here and drink my like club soda and cranberry juice and wait till all the drunk girls are good and drunk and then I'm gonna you know come in and snatch. I didn't have stuff. I didn't have anything to relate to with bar people and doing improv. Those are that's where you're at. Io is a theater, but and a bar. You go to a bar after a show. You are in that culture your entire almost improviser career. So I wanted to be able to relate to that environment and not be the guy who's just drinking cranberry, cranberry juice or club soda. Like, it's just, it's a social thing.
1: So how do you break up with, you're in three months with a relationship, how do you break up with her?
2: <laughs> what do find,
1: how do you break up? You said three, four months.
2: I leave town, I go on a boat. <laughs> Is that where you're going this time? No, no, no. Well, I am going on a boat, but no, it's not, no, there's, uh, no. Um, do you find something, because I would, my big thing was find something wrong with them. Um, I don't know if I find anything wrong with them. I find something wrong with me and... So you take it on and say... I take it on. What do you say? I say, I'm, I blame, I blame myself and maybe I lie. <laughs> Wait, I'm confused about maybe you lie. Maybe I lie about why I'm breaking up. Not so they're not as hurt. Okay, so give me session. a lie just that you
1: made about breaking up, <laughs> just as an example.
2: Uh, a lot. Li- um, I don't know. I'm trying. No to one more.
1: listens to this podcast. No, I don't, don't
2: understand. That. <laughs> Maybe getting upset about something that happened in the relationship when I really actually wasn't upset about it at all, but using that as my out. So you'll be really angry at them. I'll be angry about something that happened of like, oh, you went and saw so-and-so. Why would you see that? Didn't you guys used to date? Whereas usually I'm like, I don't care. I wouldn't. I don't care about that. But I use that as a tool to... Leave somewhere. Okay. Also, too, the problem with the ship is I've had a lot of long distance relationships, which I am terrible at, because I am insanely jealous about not about someone being in another city, like away from me, because I I can't. Not that I like would keep tabs, but I just I know the people I have dated have been ship people, and I know that lifestyle. And all there is are guys like me on that ship who are trying to get, get late. Get late. Yeah. <laughs> so and I that, know those yeah. guys. Right. So I'm like, Ugh. so, yeah. But also, I don't know. I'm young as well. But and you, my Irish guilt, like my Irish Catholic guilt, I'm not religious, but I know I have Irish Catholic guilt, guilt in me that I should be married by the time I'm 34. Because I, my parents should have grandchildren by the time they're 70.
1: Don't they know you're an improviser? Isn't there, don't
2: you get to add years to that? Isn't there like a 10 year? No, because all my peers are married with kids. Everyone I started with is now married but with But don't children. you get them saying how lucky you are or they wish you had your life? I'm jealous of them. You're jealous of them? I would love to be married and have a kid right now. Okay. Because I love, A, I love babies. And um, I, I would love that. I would love to take care of a child. I would love to spend time with a child, my child, and be able to teach them everything I know about sports and everything I know about improv and everything I don't know about the world and learn with them. Um, and I am definitely jealous of my friends and peers who are, have that now. Because it's also, uh, it's also stability. I feel like it would also get my life in order as to what am I really going to do.
1: What are you really going to do?
2: What You're am sure I really Carlos, You've been
1: here 13 years at the I.O. Yeah. You've got a great reputation. You've done stuff at Second City.
2: Yeah. I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing because I'm happy with it. But I need to find a way to get better even though I've been doing it forever. I need to write more. I need to maybe do a one-man show. I need to do something else because I'm getting lapped by the younger generation. How do you feel about that? Fine. They're taking it, and I'm not doing anything with it. It's you my don't
1: fault. resent them. You're not. I jealous don't resent of them.
2: it because they're hustling more, and I'm not anymore. Because I'm comfortable in a thing where it's like I have a show every Sunday and Monday night. I'm going to go on a boat. That's okay with me. They don't have what I have, but I'm not doing anything to get further. They're doing stuff now to hustle to get further. They, you know, people have you know YouTube channels, all that stuff. They're doing more hustle because. They don't have a stability in a show or a way to make money from improv or to teach. How can we get in their way? How can we get in their way? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't. I wish I knew. I mean, I don't think you can get in their way. I think you can join them. I thank, think you can join them. That's a
1: good way to end. Thank you so much, Brett Lyons.
2: And thank you.
1: Thank you so much. Thank you so much for coming out. And so there you have it. Another Improv Nerd episode is in the can. We're just going to call this one, because someone's not good with numbers around here, the Brett Lyons episode. I want to thank my guest, Brett Lyons. I also want to thank Ranjit Sori for opening up for the Brett Lyons show here at Stage 773. And as always, I want to thank Stage 773, our host, the people that make us feel like such a rock star, our home, that's Stage 773 in Chicago. And as always, my producer, Ben Capra. He's the one who makes it sound so slick and so professional. He's the reason you're listening to this podcast right now. You're smart people who listen to this podcast, so you know we're on feralaudio.com. And we're not alone. There's some other great people on there, like a Chelsea Peretti, Dan Harmon, Matt Dwyer. That's feralaudio.com. Check it out. And if you want more information about your host, that's me, Jimmy Corain, and my award-winning classes, The Artist Low Comedy, and my Improv Nerd blog, which will give you great tips to becoming a better improviser both on and off the stage, go to my website, which is, are you ready, jimmycorain.com. Com. Also, also, please, please, especially during this holiday season, go to the Improv Nerd Facebook page and like us. It really helps with my low self-esteem. I want to thank you guys for listening because we couldn't do it without you. And until next time, remember, walk, don't run.